lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that once wrote a movie called Constipation. Unfortunately, it'll never come out. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, it's been a while since uh, we've put together a, a episode of the Cucumber, and, and quite a bit has happened. Yeah, I, I, I think we might actually have to change the the sign that says "comes out weekly." <laughs> comes out when we feel like it. Uh, yeah. Well, we try. You know, life life kind of sometimes gets in the way and and whatever. But yeah, you're right. Talk first about the goings on and kind of catching everybody up to the the now uh and then we'll talk about why we've been kind of delayed over the last little bit so uh what what do you what do you got first for us curtis well toronto uh has a new mayor it's uh, um since since we last uh, uh did the podcast uh olivia chow um a, a closer win than maybe it looked like at first uh, after john tory outgoing mayor john tory the sexy john tory Oh, yeah. uh, his uh, late endorsement of Anna Bailao um, sort of rallied the centrists and the and the the right the right leading voters um, to one candidate, but it wasn't enough. Chow's early momentum was too much, and uh, so she is the uh, the mayor of Toronto. You know, um, long history of political service. It'll be interesting to see how she gets along with Dougie. Oh, well, I think they had their first win together, right? Remember, uh, I think was it they 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 both agreed to ask the feds for more money to manage the uh, refugee crisis that the they believe that the federal government started by, you know, telling everyone go to Toronto. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was a very early win, like before she even had her first um, council meeting, and uh, I think it ended up. Um, in the in the short term, freeing up 150 spaces for um, for for the for refugees and uh, well, they thought was going to be 150 spaces, but then there was a report today it ended up being even more. So, <laughs> very good news. And then only to get shot down by the feds when they told them, "Oh, the the province is rich enough; they can help you out." Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! And, I know. Going but, hat in hand, going hat in hand, like you know, right away is gonna. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. I I, I think that was uh, opportunity lost there politically for Olivia because I think she just kind of went, oh, oh well, like that was mm-hmm. her response when the feds told her no. Like instead of kind of, you know, I guess doing some kind of further stance or even doing the villainous, at, you know, I'll get you. You'll live to regret this. Yeah. Shake harder, boy. <laughs> Shake that fist harder. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You're, you're, but you're right. I think people were like, oh, the polls got it. Wow, this is a lot closer. And then I think the the advance numbers ca- came flooding in. So I think a lot of Olivia supporters voted early. Yeah, she, yeah, she dominated. She dominated the, the early voting. And yeah. Stuff. Okay. So – you know, there was I saw I saw there's this there's a guy um, Matt Elliott who has a very interesting he's he's like kind of one of the um, more um, uh, um, I guess he's 
he's really into he's really into local politics <laughs> and, okay. uh, and he he does a column for the for the uh star and then he also has his own um like his own his own newsletter on on uh, local politics and it's and it's good because like he gets he gets pretty deep into the weeds but it's pretty um it's, like it's well written enough that somebody like me can understand it <laughs> um and uh yeah he 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 broke down um, sort of what he thought would happen had Tory endorsed Bailout earlier, mm. um, wh- you know, because that could have affected the early voting and stuff like that. And I think in almost all scenarios, Chow still wins. There's one scenario where Bailout wins, but they're all like within percentage points if yeah. she gets the endorsement earlier. Like it's not a comfortable win at all. What else happened in the world in the last little bit? Oh, our buddy Elon decided to out of the blue re now. I know that it's it's not just a rebrand, or is he actually renaming the company? Is is Twitter gone? Like as we know it, is it is it just known as Application X? Yeah, I mean, it still says if you go to to X, it still says like search Twitter in the search box, and it's still like if you if you if you want to send your wisdom to the world, it's still at this point called a tweet. It's just the logo is X. And I think it's, the way, I think if you put in Twitter, it, it, it um, redirects to like X.com or whatever. Uh, I know X, X is like, like Elon Musk has had a, a fascination with having a company called X for quite some time. So, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm now beginning to think that Elon bought Twitter just to mess with it. Like, it's just an expensive way of him kind of flipping the bird in some. But I don't think he's that smart, but <laughs> maybe he is. I don't know. Like, like, who does this, Curtis? And I, I just what? don't I just don't understand that amount of money just to, like, do this. Just it still just seems staggeringly staggeringly like nonsensical but i I can even tell you that twitter has some you know fundamental business problems you know it might be bloated it it never had really even an inkling of solid revenue streams that made any sense so why don't you go in and fix those things like changing the way the check mark goes like think about the things that he's doing right like like the whole verified thing and now Getting rid of the iconic bird, yeah, um, and going with this X thing, <laughs> yeah, which like apparently Microsoft has the patent for. Oh yeah, so so that'll be interesting. Uh, uh, to I, see I what happens there. So but. so okay. So do you think this fight will actually come through? And I'm referring to the UFC or mixed martial arts fight with Elon and Zuckerberg. Nah. <laughs> well, for one thing, what 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 the gaming commission is going to okay a fight where the combatants are like in way different weight classes, right? Like Elon Musk outweighs Zuckerberg by quite a bit. Yeah, Elon's a big a big boy. Um, I both of them apparently, and I and I believe this is probably true because they have like a bunch of money, and they probably have you know, despite you know the the um sort of mythology around Elon Musk that he's working all the time. They both probably have a lot of free time. Um but uh so they're apparently training with I don't know black belt 
jujitsu masters or whatever. I've read different different stories, but yeah, you're right. Like I just don't see it. I just don't see it uh, happening in a yeah in a licensed uh, sense. <laughs> but maybe but they'll the- go off into international waters on a boat where the law doesn't apply <laughs> and fight to the death. That'd be great. They'd be sur- surrounded by pirates. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. And these um, guys, these guys are just like, I don't yeah. know, like they're just, they're just, they're just talking crap. They just can't stand, less so Zuckerberg, I guess, but like, like Elon Musk just can't stand not being in the news for something dumb. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was a big thing during the eighties or maybe the nineties about celebrity fights. Well, there was celebrity. a Danny Bonaducci fought somebody. Yeah. Tom Bridges, I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like, it's, it's celebrity fights are always horrible, right? Like, yeah. No matter how much training they have, it's just coming, and they're just—it's just a big slap fight. Yeah, like, arms are flailing. You're not looking at a technical match here. There was a there was a fight between um, a boxing match between Justin Trudeau and uh, I think his name was Patrick Brazo. He was a former yeah, the, the senator, the senator, yeah, the the, the conservative senator, and uh, and and like I think. Uh, Trudeau, I'm not saying that he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying like he's um, like Royce Gracie or anything, but I think he, he won that like boxing match pretty legit. Are you saying that Royce Gracie was a boxer or, or just a fighter? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess if I'm just talking boxing, then I'm, uh, I don't know, like Sugar Ray Leonard or <laughs> I don't know. He was a boxer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Marvin that, Hagler, yeah. marvelous Marvin Hagler. I don't know. I just I just thought of the, the like the Simpsons when Homer had to fight all those uh, hobos, the oh yeah, car guys. Yeah, and all he uh, would do is basically sit there and get hit, and the other guy would tire themselves out. Yeah, he just push him over. Yeah, and then they had to then they had to go into the ring with Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> what? Uh, anything else happened uh, while we're gone besides? Uh, let's oh, Barbenheimer or Oppen. Oppen RB. Uh, Oppen B. <laughs> Oppen B. <laughs> the phenomenon that actually stuck. Like, I, you know, at the eve of the writer's strike. Who else yeah. is on? It's actually, no, sorry. It's writers and actors. Actors, actors are in it now. So too, these are yeah. like the last two movies that are going to go out where there's like huge press. and things, But it was also like the, I guess the, the dichotomy of the two movies coming out at the same time. I hear both of them are quite good. But I don't yeah, know. there was a phenomenon, right? People were buying tickets to both movies and trying yeah. to watch both. Double it's like feature. A six, it's like a six-hour event, right? Like yeah. Christopher Nolan cannot tell a story in in ninety minutes. No, <laughs> he certainly cannot. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and obviously very different. You know, sort of like a Christopher Nolan, real sort of heavy. You know, story about like the dawn of the nuclear age versus. Barbie about a, a doll who come who joins the real world is that is that how I understand it I think yeah I don't know I think uh, yeah I don't know I think it's just about is she a doll in it or is it just about Barbie no no I, I think I think she's like the embodiment of the doll and it's Barbie coming into the real world and oh, so okay. there's a lot of a lot of oh. fish out of I, I, I really haven't um, read into it, but I hear it's doing quite well. I hear Ryan Gosling's quite good in it. I think, I, well, both of them are quite good in it, but so. My mom saw it. And did she wear pink? 
I don't know. I can't say for sure. But she gave it. She said, "She said I liked it, but you don't have to rush out to see it." That's uh, a that's a Jan Withers <laughs> endorsement. Endorsement <laughs> <laughs> on a scale on a scale uh, on a scale of uh, you know it was okay for a Sunday afternoon, and you know it was it was a reasonable amount of uh, time killing. Would you say would you, would you say that she would she would say that the uh, the juice wasn't as good as the squeeze or not worth the squeeze? Yeah, I don't know what her juice to squeeze analysis of it was. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like she enjoyed it, but it seemed like she didn't. It wasn't like her favorite movie of all time. But I don't know. I don't know what her favorite movie of all time is. She seems to sort of like not hate anything, but not you know. You know, it's not. It's not like you know. You know, like I like to watch The Big Lebowski at least once a year, mm-hmm. and I don't think that my mom has a movie like that. Okay, got it, got it. Mom, she didn't walk out. No, did we, no. Did we no. talk about this before? Was there was there a movie that you ever felt like you needed to walk out in, Curtis, or that you did? Um, I don't. I think we might have talked about this. I did. I. I. I was. I've never walked out of a movie. Um, I have seen people walk out of a movie. Uh, two instances come to mind. Pulp Fiction. I saw some people walk out of that mm-hmm. uh, during the during the the uh, the Zed scene with the mm-hmm. guy at the gimp mask. It was a pretty disturbing scene. And then uh, also Hobo with a shotgun. <laughs> so this woman walk out ten minutes in. It's like it's just getting good. <laughs> Um, I, I walked out of, uh, naked gun two and a half. Is that the second one? The second one. Uh, the smell of fear. Yes. Yeah. Just why? Because it was, because it was basically the but, same yeah, movie. I, I, as I, the first I, one. I, I thought I walked into the wrong theater. Going, yeah. <laughs> I saw this one. It was a reskin. It was just a, it was just a palette swap of the, of the first yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, a bit of sad news. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, right? Nineties superstar passed away today this week yeah yeah 56 uh, yeah 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 pretty uh, I, quite, I, I, quite young yeah i think another tragic story of someone i don't know if the people around her were very good but it just sounded like she had a rough time from this onset right like it she, did yeah yeah i think she she you know had a had a rough sort of like upbringing and then uh you know, and she was also like um, very, um, you know, she was very outspoken, um, and uh, I guess you could say controversial. Certainly, people will always remember her ripping up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, uh, and at, at that time, especially like, um, you know that that would have been very very frowned upon. So I think, like, you know, like. And and really, when you think about like her issues with the Catholic Church, uh, you know she was proven like a bit prescient on that, right? Like, I, I just think I just think like being an outspoken, sort of different type of person back then, like you were just kind of like, um, you know, you you you, you were you were. I don't know if vilified is the right word, but like, you know, you, you were definitely, definitely had a tough time, you know, if you want, if that's, if that's what you wanted to, uh, 
to do, you know, like yeah. th- th- it was, it was, it was frowned upon, I guess. And it made your life harder. Well, I think part of it is more context. Like she knew why she was ripping up the picture of the, the Pope. I remember watching that episode at SNL. I, I didn't, I was just like, Oh, she's not a fan of the Pope. But, you know, you go back now, 2020 hindsight, she was doing it as a result of all the sexual abuse that was happening within the church. I think that was the impetus to tear it out, not yeah. just in general. Like, oh, I just don't like the Pope and I'm going to do this. Yeah, she wasn't doing it like for shock value. A- exactly. You know, like, like provide us with context. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, like, and then people would have maybe jumped on your bandwagon. Like, uh, you obviously knew something that. At the time, like if you think, because when was that? That was like what, mid to late nineties when that yeah, happened. Yeah, I think so. So uh, by then, like the um, the victims weren't coming forward, or at least it wasn't in the the the, yeah, the it, normal lexicon of what's happened happening with the church these days. Right now, it's like oh, you you hear you hear about it, you know about it. Everyone's aware of what's been happening and what has happened and. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I think like a lot of people suspected that this kind of oh, stuff was happening, yeah. but like the Harvey Weinstein, uh, yeah, yeah, like it, that, like it was just getting like because it was inconvenient, right? Like you know, it's the same with Weinstein, right? It's inconvenient for him to be a a sexual predator because we got to get these movies made. It's the same in sports now. Sports is is facing a reckoning because you know, like athletes who have suffered abuse are getting like they're feeling a bit more empowered to come forward now and there's struck there's some structures available for them to do that it's not Mm -hmm. perfect but it's evolving whereas before like ever since i've been in sports like there's always been talk about um you know the hazing certainly um you know abuse of abuse of power for sure Mm -hmm. all the time you heard about it but it was like well you know you know, nobody wants to rock the boat because this is a, you know, this is either a, a multi-million dollar industry when you're talking about professional sports or B it's a religion when you're talking about like, like high school football in the U S or junior hockey in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was d- definitely true of the, of the Catholic church and of Hollywood. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and uh, just to kind of, correlate with something that happened also uh nike completely pulled out of hockey canada right as a sponsor yeah they had frozen their sponsorship with a bunch of other companies um when when the scandal last year broke the the hmm. the news broke that they sort of um paid off a woman who had uh, alleged that she was sexually assaulted by members of the 2018 world junior team at, at a gala celebrating their gold medal or whatever mm-hmm. um and uh some they hockey canada t- i mean to its credit they had to be drag kicking and screaming this a little bit but they've overhauled their they've got a whole new board of directors um they've just hired a new uh, president and ceo who's from outside hockey she was the ceo of curling canada for a while um you know They've 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 cleaned some stuff up for sure, and Bauer, uh, who was used to be partnered with Nike, and I think is now you know its own brand again. Um, they when when um, 
Kathleen Henderson got the, the uh, president CEO job, they came back. They said, we are going to renew our partnership with Hockey Canada. But Nike uh, decided not to do it. They're like, yeah. we're just not going to. And not to say that we should uh, look to Nike's moral compass as a <laughs> – as as a as a a noble thing that they're doing here, mm. uh, but it, that's a lot of money, right? I guess that that, that was my whole point. That, yeah, that's a lot of money to sit yeah there. yeah. It's it's a lot. I mean, I think like and and it's and, and I don't know what the what what kind of a clothing deal they had with Nike. I know that I think it's all their jerseys, right? One time it was yeah, but they, they'll find another sponsor, and you know, I, they'll get like. Tim Hortons back if they're not back already and Canadian Tire back if they're not back already like they'll be yeah. they'll be fine but like I, I don't know like I think uh, it's going to take a long time though for them to be you, you know like I think for a long time people are still going to see the name Hockey Canada and it'll still be a bit icky until you know m- you know like uh, more things happen like maybe the investigations come out um that are ongoing and if if anybody deserves to be charged they get charged or you know suspended or whatever but mm-hmm. we'll see this is this is this is a bit of a a bit of a, a bit of a sober uh sobering episode of the yeah <laughs> I, cucumber so I think far. i think we need i think we need to turn this around <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah you know what actually let let, let 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 us turn the things a bit around um we had to cancel a few episodes, just scheduling problems and uh, and things like that. And the latest thing was you had a bit of a plumbing issue. Now we won't go into it, but I. You, but there was one piece that you were mentioning that you had this hole in your basement for the longest time, and I, I want you to kind of explain the story of that. Yeah. So yeah, the plumbing. The plumbing thing was we just we were, we were just getting some fairly routine improvements done. It ended up being a way bigger pain in the ass uh, <laughs> than anticipated. That happens all the time with this house, but um, but yeah, one of the good things to come out of it is this hole is no longer there. So what happened was I used to have a galvanized steel pipe coming up from the city line into the house. That's where the water shut off. Uh, was and then one day uh, the it started leaking and it was you know leaking imperceptibly at first but then it was leaking enough that there was like a little reservoir um, in the floor and it kept filling and filling and filling so I was like well I gotta get this fixed so when the plumber came he was like well it's an old pipe you know I have copper everywhere else in the house but I just had that old pipe so he's so he broke the pavement and he dug down where the city line came in. The city line was still the old lead one. So he had to get like some adapter uh to 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 so that the new copper line that he put in to replace the the one with the leaky shutoff could fit into the city line. So he did all this. It was ex- more expensive than it needed to be, I'm sure. And then he also though put a soldered joint like 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 instead of instead of just getting a copper tube that bent with no soldering like I think you're supposed to, you put like a solder joint down um, in into the part of the pipe that connected to the city line, and then he told me that I couldn't fill in the hole um, because the uh, sand would eat away at the soldering 
soldering and then I'd get like a leak eventually and stuff like that. So this guy never really had fixed it. Not really. And then he said something like, oh, you have to build a housing unit. He'd be like, I'd do it for you, but I don't have time. And then he left. (laughs) And so I just had this hole. So I had this hole for probably about 10, 12 years. Just there because I was too scared to fill it in because because I didn't want like... You You didn't want to disrupt the... the, the, Yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want like the, like, you know, the bury it and then it, and then like the pipe bursts and, you know, and then, uh, but, uh, but the plumber told me, the plumber that I had recently to do this work, he said like, A, that probably wouldn't happen and B, it shouldn't have been a, a solder joint anyway. So anyway, like they've put in a new one and they filled in the hole. So like after 12 years, that hole is finally... No, 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 no longer trapping little children and small yeah. animals. <laughs> I know. I always thought like I'd find like some sort of like family of mice down there or something, but I never did. <laughs> I never did. But yeah, that, so that was a good thing to 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 come out of come out of this. Uh, yeah, but but that's that's what you get, Curtis, when 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 you kind of go with the the jobber budget plumber. Yeah, I got him out of the. Uh, this is this is uh, to tell you how long ago this work was done. I called this company because they had a two page spread in the yellow pages. Oh. I was like, these guys have the biggest ad in the yellow page, like <laughs> physical, not online yellow pages, like physical paper yellow the pages. Book, the book, the book, the big book. Yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago, but yeah, yeah. So that that leads me to one of our discussion topics. That I want to kind of bring it up. And I, and I didn't bring it up because of this story. It just happened. Wow, it's convenient that you had this uh, story to tell. I wanted to kind of ask you, Curtis, is there a difference between being cheap and being frugal? I think there Both is. are thrown around. Both are yeah. thrown around, right? Yeah. And, and, but, but is there a fundamental difference between the two? I think there is. I think frugality has an element of having some standards to it. Like cheap. Okay. Cheap to me just means that you're looking for like it's a very bottom line thing. Like you're just looking for whatever will be the least amount of money and you're not concerned with quality and you're not concerned with like anything anything except getting something for the for the um for the lowest price. And if you're truly and if you're a cheap and you're honest with yourself, you'll accept the problems that that, that come with with that approach. Frugality, I've I've, this is just me personally. I think like when I think of someone who's frugal, I think of somebody who's look who's who's looking for, you know, a, a, a price point, a lower price point, but has standards. Okay, won't necessarily like won't necessarily go for like we'll take two comparable b- brands and like maybe be more interested in price than like brand name or reputation or whatever, but isn't gonna isn't gonna like just get some sort of shoddy fly by night product just because it's like the absolute lowest price. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if you were to say buying socks, mm-hmm. cause I think, I think there's, there's, yeah, you're right. I think there's also like a personal preference to it. So let's say you're buying socks. Are you reaching for like the high tech, uh, you know, f- maybe $4 more, type of advanced sock versus getting the 10 pack at, uh, at, at Mark's work warehouse. Um, like if you're frugal, if you're frugal, compared to, 
Yeah. Like, I think if you're frugal, you may not be interested in, like, the advanced sock, but you might go, instead of getting, like, the 10-pack of tube socks, Yeah, like, maybe you go to Winner's, and you get, like, a three-pack of, like, McGregor's or something okay. like that. Okay, okay. So, so uh, the person who's cheap and buying socks. Yeah. They'll, are, they, are they even buying socks? <laughs> oh, that's an excellent point, too. They may not, they may not be. They're but, too cheap to buy yeah. socks? But they'll, they'll buy, like, if they do buy them, they'll buy, like, the tube socks. Like, just a 10-pack of tube, tube socks. You know the tube socks with the, the athletic stripes oh, yeah. at the top? Uh, that, that, that are not name brand whatsoever? Yeah, and then they lose may sh- their... May shrink or disintegrate when you wash them the first time? Yeah, they'll lose their elasticity really quickly, or, you know, you'll wear a hole in it quicker, you know. And then they'll be like, well, it doesn't matter because I've got nine more pair. Yeah. Now, is there something that people shouldn't be cheap over frugal? I would think food. Or or do you think you see that quite a bit of that too out there where people are just buying food because they're cheap versus being frugal? I don't think anyone should really buy any cheap food, but Oh man, yeah, but you know, like when you're in university and like Oh god, it, it, that, buying, that was all about cheap. Yeah, like ramen noodles. <laughs> And there was like, and there was like expensive. Actually, there, there you go. Let's can we can we can we can we stick with that one? Ramen noodles, like yeah. Mister Noodle. Bobby. Are you being cheap? Or are you being frugal by buying that huge box of Mister Noodle? I think you're being cheap. Like, I honestly, think you're being cheap. And but you you'd be even cheaper because like Mister Noodle. I bet you there's a knockoff brand that's even cheaper than Mister Noodle. <laughs> senior the, senior noodle. Senior noodle. <laughs> Senior noodle. That's that's the true the true cheap, you know. Mm. And the cheap, and if you're really cheap too, you'll inconvenience yourself. Like cheap people, sometimes, like I find, uh, to me, time is a is 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 a ah, yes. valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes cheap people don't value time; they only value money. Right. So, they'll they'll do something that takes way longer just to save yeah. the bit of money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and put themselves like okay. in a, in 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 a uh, you know sort of um, you know in, in, in an inconvenient position to okay. save that money. Now, if you're frugal, I would say if you're frugal, like you probably would still be buy you. If you're frugal, you'll you'll look for maybe you'll look for deals. Like you'll look for the lost leaders in the supermarket. You'll comb the flyers. You look for the okay. lost leaders, but you're probably wanting to get. So, so this is the difference to me. If you're frugal, you'll be wanting to spend less money, but but the bottom line is you'll want you'll still want something with good food value. Right? Okay, you'll want to get something nutritious, cheap and nutritious. But there's it's not just cheap. There's the nutritious element to it as well. Okay, let's take a not just a product, but let's take an archetype of of a person. The coupon clipper, cheap or frugal? Like, I think kind of, I guess it kind of depends what they buy. Right? But then you remember we, we we added that whole time element to spend all that time coupon <laughs> just to save five cents on, you know, like Starkist tuna or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slightly I, expired, right? Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. I would say that's bordering on cheap. Um, I think I think couponers are cheap. Yeah, like as you're never saving anything, but even then, like you're looking, you're looking to stick it to the man by using these, finding these coupons that 
may be significant or may not be, but you're taking all this time when you can just go and get it and start using the product. I think now a lot of times you can get those coupons on an app, which makes it a bit easier and less time uh, intensive. So maybe, maybe if you've figured out how to digitize the coupon experience. <laughs> I, I don't think making them making them digital or part of the cloud makes them frugal all of a sudden. Well, you're not. I, I still think couponers are cheap. They're, well, they're cheap. Come on, not, just go and buy it. You're not sitting around snipping them out of the newspaper anymore. Yeah, go 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 buy the Joe Louis at full full crack. <laughs> One thing I think you shouldn't go cheap on is toilet paper, right? We can both agree on that. You don't want to buy cheap toilet paper. Well, yeah, you definitely. You can be frugal. You can be frugal with your toilet paper, maybe not getting the three ply with the built in lotion. But then you are the guy with the fancy toilet that probably costs some astronomical amount that I can only imagine. But yeah, I, well, I, you know, that's true. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. So, what if, you know, because normally if you buy one ply toilet paper, that's really like that's the kind of stuff that you get in your bathroom at work, right? Like the one ply really. You know, oh, in fact, it doesn't even come out on a roll, right? You pull it out and it just it's just a square. Yeah. Or sometimes it comes on those big industrial sized rolls sort of thing. You yeah. Know, and it's but um, normally if you're if you're buying that. So if you're if you're using that, you know to to wipe your posterior and that's you know that's pretty cheap you should have some standards you should like yourself a little bit more yes and get two ply but you're right you don't have to go for the three ply with lotion um you know that's very that's a very pampered approach i think the frugal person would get a quality two ply and look for it on sale somewhere but if you have a toilet like i do you can probably get away with getting one ply ah uh, yes because you know, my toilet has a uh, <laughs> bidet and seat war- seat warmer and dryer, bum dryer for afterwards. So, like the the, the end game is like I I I just basically use like one square of toilet paper at the end just to make sure everything is is uh, is complete. And I think that can be any amount of ply. Yeah. Is there something, Curtis, that you know even in your own life right now that you're just cheap and you're not frugal? Uh, yeah, I think probably a lot of things. Um, trying to trying to think. For for me, I can tell you now. For me, it is it's grass seed. I'll go <laughs> to Home Depot and I'll be scouring the aisles. I don't care. Just give me the cheapest one and. And, you know, though there could be some with the turf builder, with the added fertilizer and, and the seed enhancer and, you know, things that just make it grow perfectly. No, just give me the bag of the cheapest grass seed that might be 60% weeds. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seeded or, or, or whatever. I, I, I know that. There, there are certain things. Yeah, like I I'll, I won't be cheap. Maybe frugal on certain things, but yeah, I can say each year grass seed. I, it's my, it's my. I, I almost put it as a game. You know, I'll go to Home Depot and I'll try to find the most inexpensive grass seed I could find because I just don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like paper towels, I'd be like that. Like, 
I don't like I like I, I don't really use them that often. They're handy sometimes, but yeah. like you know, I don't need to get like like the the leading brand. I'll just get the the no name brand or whatever and uh probably not even notice that much of a difference. Yeah. Uh, no, for sure. Yeah. I think probably some stuff uh yeah, I'd probably consider myself fairly cheap. Well, for those that are listening, if you have an example of you being cheap versus frugal, or you didn't think you don't think there's a difference between the two, we'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, that, that that'd be good. Um, I did mention earlier about the uh, the toilet paper. I, I I did get a request, Curtis. We did get a, a listener request. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, the person knows me, and they wanted me to tell the party pooper story. Uh, which is a famous wedding story, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you and you, you were just talking um, when we were planning the episode, uh, you and Heather are on year three. Was it year three, four? Uh, you guys have celebrated your third, fourth year? Yeah, it must, we're in our, because um, you can tell by the, the pandemic. Like, ah. Because like everything shut down. Right after we got married. So uh, we've been married three years. Okay, so there you go. So this story might actually prevent, maybe scare you off from having a bigger wedding. But the bride and groom never knew what happened in this story. So, okay, let me let me set the stage a bit. So this wedding is in Windsor, Ontario, or Sarnia, my um, mistake. And these are friends of ours who got married. Um and we we went there, and the wedding starts off fine. We're, so it all starts in the church. And you know how some people are just loud talkers, Curtis? Mm-hmm. But this was happening during the ceremony, and it just seemed really odd. Like, it was like, geez, that's a person's not whispering. They're actually, like, talking loud. And And for a while, like, Liz was even turned to me. Is that someone with special needs? Because she thought the person had problem because it was also somewhat incoherent so that was the first uh, first encounter it was like that, that's really weird um so we had a bit of time between the wedding ceremony and the uh, reception so we all went to like i think it was like east side mario's mm-hmm. and there we had met with others that we knew from the wedding so um let me set the stage so there's uh, my two friends who were in the wedding party, but they were able to join us because I think the bride and groom had some personal photos, they, not without the party. So that's fine. So those are my two friends. Uh, they had another set of friends who came over and we realized, oh, we found the loud talker. So it was their friend's new boyfriend. Now, I don't know if there's etiquette here. Where if you're invited to a wedding and you just started dating someone, there must be a threshold where you just kind of say, yeah, I'm not going to invite this person until somewhat in the relationship. But I think they were um, uh, quite new. And when he got to Eastside Mario's, he was already pretty drunk by then. And, And Curtis, this was not like a two in the afternoon ceremony. This was like 11 o'clock. We had lunch. So was he, so was he drinking at the ceremony? He was drinking before apparently. Oh, okay. So that's when we kind of realized it. Nice enough guy, but 
he's one of those guys that they're just bad drunks. You can kind of tell. I got this feeling that this is a guy, kind of guy that if they get drunk, they get into a fight. Mm-hmm. You know. So we thought just getting bad vibes. So he keeps drinking. So, and then the reception shows up. He's actually at our table with girlfriend that we know. Um, some other folks from the wedding party were also there. Um, a couple, very nice. I I met them first. He was in. He was ex-military. He was actually uh, in Afghanistan. Um, and he, when he did his tour or in a bit there, he basically retired and said, you know, I can't do this anymore because I think he saw some really, really bad stuff. Not that you wouldn't if you, you're in war, but so this, this is early, you know, this is early two thousands, right. When this happened. So we have our military guy and then we found the, uh, these two really, really well-dressed gentlemen from New York. So they were also friends of the bride who I didn't know, but we met them super nice guys, but your stereotypical Manhattan business guys, like dressed to the nine, they've got fancy watches on, they've got fancy lighters, you know, they're, they're, they're just looking, looking, looking like a million bucks, right? Sex, sex and the city and men version, right? So as the wedding goes on, the culprit starts getting drunker and drunker and drunker. He knows one of the wedding party uh, bridesmaids at our table who recently got divorced and he started talking to her about it. Mm-hmm. And this is somewhat fresh. Mm-hmm. Now, the divorce, I think, believe it was quite mutual. But he started going on about, oh, how great the husband was and, you know, remember, he's drunk, mm-hmm. really drunk. Yeah. I don't understand why you would want to leave him, you know, like total Homer drunk. Yeah. Oh, my God. She makes her cry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was just like, oh, dude, you're like, you know, so there's people consoling her. We have a woman crying. He's like, I don't understand why you got got divorced because he's an awesome guy. And I don't know. So it was, it was just that level. He starts going to the bathroom quite a bit. We noticed. So we kind of went, okay, well that's just kind of weird. It actually, it was a nice break when he left because then everyone at the table would laugh at him. Right. It was just be like, Oh, what is with that guy? And of course the girlfriend right now is like, just, you know, cowering and just just trying to de-escalate or just kind of like separate herself from the situation. The New York guys are just like, oh man, you know, where'd this guy come from? You know, because they're drinking their fancy cocktails, right? <laughs> the military guy is just not having anything of it, right? Like he yeah. just, he didn't like the act of making the woman cry and that yeah. is like, and and of course, oh, by the way, the he comes back and he has a discussion because she thought hey this is not cool you should slow down your drinking he doesn't really get abusive but he does kind of have they have a a disagreement Mm -hmm. and it makes her cry oh my god so now i have two crying women at this table oh jeez this guy that's getting escalating drunker drunker i have this military guy who is pretty big and he looks like you know he he's like counting the exits Right. <laughs> like yeah. he, he looks like he could mess you up. 
Yeah. And he's getting like he gets he's getting angrier and angrier. The New York guys just want nothing to do with him. Yeah. So finally, the guy, you know, he he's pretty drunk and he's like, "Oh, I could really go for a cigarette." Oh, I don't have a lighter, but he notices the one of the New York guys like fiddling with one, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Oh, can I borrow your lighter?" So the New York guy's like hesitant a bit, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, be careful with it." Mm-hmm. He takes it away, and he disappears. Minutes go by, and we're like, wonder where he is. So we thought, okay. All this time, the bride and groom have no clue what's going on. The bridesmaids know because they're at our table. You know, one was crying, and the other one was just like, you know, oh, the other one, by the way, is also like four or five months pregnant, by the way. Right. And... Suddenly, the guy's disappeared. So the girlfriend went to look for him, can't find him. So the guys thought, okay, let's volunteer and let's try to find this guy. Maybe, you know, because we've kind of felt bad because he's drunk. Mm-hmm. I didn't go because I I didn't want anything to do with it. They come back. So they, meaning the New York guys, found him in the mm-hmm. bathroom right. on the floor. Right. Uh-oh. Now, he's okay. Not that he's okay, but he's just on the floor. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, my God, yeah, I think he's threw up on himself or whatever. Like, I think you got to take him home. And now the girlfriend didn't plan to drive because she was drinking. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. he had couldn't drive. So they, they needed a way to get him out before the bride and groom. And they didn't want to throw him in a cab because they're in a foreign town. So the bridesmaid at the table – who's my friend and husband's also a friend. She volunteers. Okay. I'll, I'll drive him. So she swings the car around the pregnant woman swings the car around. Mm -hmm. And suddenly the New York guy realizes in all the organizing of the, of the, of the, um, of the car. Yeah. Oh crap. What did he do with my lighter? So they go back to the body so he, he frisks him <laughs> and realizes that he did urinate on himself while frisking him. And he's like, oh. And then he found – he could feel the, the, the lighter in his pocket. Yeah. But he refused to like reach into his pocket to pull out the lighter. So he's – so here's this New York guy, you yeah. know, Ferragamo shoes, probably – uh, Vuitton suit. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of squatting on the bathroom floor, and he's using his fingers, shimmying this uh. lighter <laughs> up, <laughs> out of his back pocket. And he gets, he comes back to. So I, I didn't go to the bathroom, but he had told me that he, he'd come back and he told the story about how he had to shimmy this lighter. Right, and he's like, "Wow, is he messed up?" and at this point in time, the military guy basically just pounds the table and goes, screw it. We should just dump the body. We're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't worry. We, we could do it. No one will know. I'm like, no, I think we're okay. No, no, no. You know, because he was, he was really upset about the crying thing. So this right. was just the, the, what broke, right? It was just like, you know. I don't care. Let's just let's beat him up and, and bury the body. I was like, dude, it's it's okay. Like, yeah. Think think Walter in uh, <laughs> in, in uh, Big, Big Lebowski, Lebowski yeah. right? Yeah. 
you know, I get your toe. <laughs> he was totally like that. He was yeah. serious. If any of us said, yeah, let's, that's a great idea. Let's go and dump the body in some swamp. And he'll probably say, no, no, not a swamp. It's got to be this deep. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Uh, so, the, but yeah, the military yeah, yeah. guy otherwise was super nice. He wasn't drinking at all, but yeah, he, I think he saw some really nasty things in Afghanistan. So, um, the pregnant woman drives him back to the hotel. The girlfriend and her basically go to the hotel room and th- throw him onto the bed. And by now, by now, he the way that it was described to me was he hit the bed and then his pants kind of like it was just this really awful, like uh. a tell awful sight of his like, you know, basically his pants kind of half down his butt. Yeah. And at that point in time, like the the pregnant woman also noticed, like, oh, there was this horrible smell, like when we did that, and and uh, yeah, so he um, defecated himself. Yeah. But that wasn't it. He defecated himself in the car, right? Yeah. Which had cloth seats, not leather seats, so that you can just wipe away. Yeah. So at this point in time. The pregnant woman's uh, husband comes and joins us at a table. Hey, what's going on? How? So we tell him the story, catching him up. And he's like, oh, my God, that sounds that's like the craziest story I've heard. What's what's happened to him now? Oh, your wife is driving him back to the hotel in your car. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, he. She she couldn't sit in the car because the car's soiled, and also the smell because she's also pregnant, which you know heightened senses of everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. So he drives back to Hamilton from Sarnia, windows down, everything like just doing what he can. You know, because I think he did like a bit of a cursory cleaning, but it doesn't matter. It's cloth seats; it's yeah. all soaked in. Yeah. The wedding's over. Yeah. But by the way, after two weeks, after I don't know how many detailings and whatever he could find, cinnamon, coffee grounds, you name it, he had to sell the car. Yeah. The car was perfectly fine. Yeah. He just he just couldn't deal with having this soiled car. He'd have to sell from, it at a discount, too, if it still smelled. Oh, God. It's kind of like the Seinfeld episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that is the story of the... Forever be called, immortalized, the party pooper. Party pooper. You know, Needless you, to say, they broke up after the wedding. I was gonna, that was going to be my first question. I figured that was going to be the answer. But uh, one thing um, also from that story is that uh, I found out uh, what I would be cheap about lighters. I'd buy. Oh, you just be big. I, I would big. just be yeah, and th- you know that is a reason why. Like you can lose them. You know, you you can you whatever you can you can they run out of uh, fluid you just throw them away and if some guy like borrows it from you and then collapses in the bathroom and soils himself you don't have to shimmy it out of his pocket you'll just be like well i got i got 10 more of them at home (laughs) oh and another part of the story all the guys that helped him uh get into the the car like were washing their hands like surgeon style <laughs> yeah oh my god you're right you you if you, if you had the, the cheap crappy bic you wouldn't have to worry about yeah. shimmying out of some 
drunken yeah. guy's soiled pants. There's some things to me that, you know, and I think watches are another one because you're mentioning these guys and saying they had watches like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't have watches, Curtis. They have time yeah, pieces. Yeah, time pieces. Like I, <laughs> I, I would be like if I wore a watch, which I don't because I just tell the time on. I just look at my phone or whatever. And I'm, I'm kind of modern that way. But like when I would wear watches, like I was, I was like Casio uh, triathlon and Ironman all the way. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like I was like, oh man, the Indiglo. You can, you can look at the, you can look at the, you can look at the uh, liquid did crystal you, did, display did, did in the dark. Ever, did you ever have the, the Casio calculator watch? No, no, I wish I had. I wish I had. It was just handy. But like, yeah, I'm not going to get like a a thousand dollar, two thousand dollar watch. Like, why? Hey, if you're a Manhattan, yeah, that type of guy, you that's your uniform, buddy. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I don't. Know, I'd spend it on like some other kind of status symbol, like like uh, like a lifetime supply of three ply toilet paper with lotion. Oh, uh, hey, more comfortable. Those watches yeah. pinch. Yeah. Huh? You do you, buddy. You do you. Yeah. My me and my uh, hypothetical millions, that's what we're gonna buy. Uh we we don't have many headlines, so I think we'll skip the news this week. Plus we kind of did a catch-up news anyways. And uh I wanted to kind of bring up with you, Curtis, is if you ever decide to retire from your desk job and want to go into the world of competitive eating. Yeah. Go check out the MLE, which is the Major League Eating League. So the most famous person in there is Joey Chestnut. Because this is, I got the story just after July 4th, and I didn't realize the, the MLE actually existed. So competitive rules, categories. I don't know if there's weight classes, but and but there's definitely personalities. Yeah. So Curtis and I went on to this Major League eating.com website it's fascinating what what what's on here at first first you get over how gross everything is and then you you start digging into the weeds and we found the records for all the eating different eating uh disciplines is that fair to say yes i think so yeah so joey chestnut holds many because he's still the undisputed eating champion king and he is he's like iron man triathlete decathlon uh, athlete, you know he's the most famous one for the Nathan's hot dog thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And Joey Chestnut, uh, he didn't break his record this year, but uh, oh geez, even during the pandemic in 2021, Joey Chestnut ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Yeah, and that's bun and everything, right? Yeah, he has that weird technique where he dips. The whole hot dog in water. Yeah, that's right. And then he just kind of like slides. Like the whole thing is like, and that guy Kobayashi, who was sort of like a star um, yeah. before before Chestnut's uh, dominance. And the whole thing is to just kind of slide it down your, like these guys, I guess, like have no gag reflex or something. And you just kind of slide it down. And, uh. and when you wet the bun, it kind of slides with the, I, the, the, I the hot dog. I, I I'm don't intrigued. Know. I'm intrigued, Larry, for sure. Well, some other ones on this list that that caught my eye. Uh, 
I, I don't really know why a condiment is on here, but mayonnaise, Curtis. Oleg uh, Zornitsky <laughs> oh, oh yeah, of course. Consumed four thirty-two ounce bowls of mayonnaise in eight minutes. What? <laughs> yes. How much is a how much is in a a, a pint? A pint a pint is like uh isn't a pint like um like two cups essentially? Yeah, so that's sixteen ounce sixteen ounces. So it's bigger than it's bigger than a pint. What's a pitcher? A pitcher is like twenty ounces, right? No, like more like sixty ounces, I think. Oh, okay, okay. So somewhere in between a pint. So basically two four pub pints, if I did my math properly. Of mayonnaise? Like just mayonnaise? Uh, no, no. He that that's that 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 equates to thirty two ounces for for yeah. pub pints. Okay, yeah, you had four of those. Yeah, so that's sixteen. 16. Yeah, <laughs> ugh. I like mayonnaise, but I don't know if I would after uh, after that. Or or how about this this one for those that uh, big fan of dim sum? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lunch mm-hmm. of my people. Mm-hmm. 91 Chinese dumplings in eight minutes. Cookie Jarvis holds that uh, record. Oh, wow. 91. How many? (laughs) So when you're at dim sum and you, you, you know, the the women are coming around with a cart, you get like a thing of dumplings. It's like like six, right? Yeah. Four. Four, You're right. Yeah. Four, four in a bamboo steamer. Yeah. Typically. So, so I'm trying to think of how many bamboo steamers. How many bamboo steamers? Steamers that is like you would essentially eat a restaurant out of there. There would be lunch. It would, yeah. it would that would probably be what their lunch service would be. Yeah, yeah. You would eat them know. out of out of um, out of dumplings, um, shrimp wontons um, for you know if you buy like the the North American Chinese food and uh, get it delivered to your house. It always comes with a shrimp wonton or two. Uh, our friend Joey Chestnut holds holds that record. 390 in eight minutes. Oh, 390. <laughs> so almost 400 in eight, in, in eight minutes. Shrimp wontons. Oh, my God. Like, I'd love uh, to know the, the technique of these people. Probably there's a lot of sliding and, and, and things like because they're fairly aerodynamic anyways. Joey Chestnut holds uh, the hard-boiled egg record, too. <laughs> It's 141 hard-boiled eggs, Curtis, in eight minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I was telling you at the at the beginning. I love the I love the ones that are not necessarily uh, counted on a unit of measure each. I love it when it's by weight. Yeah. Like for example, I'm trying to find the one I found uh, that that cracked me up at the beginning um, before we started recording the episode. Well, if you want, if you want one by weight. Uh, while you look for that, just really quickly, yeah. I'd just like uh, Takeru uh, Kobayashi, who is uh, who is a former Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Champ. He still holds the record for cow brains. Eight, 57 of them with a total combined weight of 17.7 pounds in 15 minutes. 17.7 pounds worth of worth oh. of cow brains in 15 minutes. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here, here, here's one to kind of, kind of wrap your head around. Uh, Cookie Jarvis, yeah. 
one gallon, one gallon and nine ounces of vanilla ice cream in 12 minutes. Ugh. Just the brain freeze alone. <laughs> Did you notice that some of them don't have names next to them, Curtis? I think I think I think we could train you up there. I think we could get you in in in, in this in, in, on the record books, or maybe they're planning on um, introducing these disciplines, like the gelatin dessert. I guess they couldn't say Jello, right? Because that's that's a product. Yes. Yeah. So a gelatin dessert. So Curtis apparently. No, there's no name or the person's name got stricken from the record books. But if you can eat seven 16-ounce portions of Jello uh-huh. in under three minutes, yeah. you, your name could be on here. You could be in the annals of MLE. Something to work towards. Something to work towards. Um, here's one with a, with a bit of a Canadian flavor. Uh, poutine. Okay. Uh, from our own Smokes Poutinery. 28 pounds in 10 minutes, October 19th, 1929, Joey Chestnut. And he came, I remember he came to town. He did it. He he did it at Young and Dundas Square. I, I heard him doing the radio circuit and he was being interviewed and, you know. I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> I, I totally remember that. Totally remember that. Um, let, let's do one more before we sign off. Uh, you know. Curtis, breakfast, mm-hmm. right? Most important meal of the day. Mm-hmm. 50 three and a quarter ounce wild egg pancakes from Louisville, Kentucky. So I think these must be like some kind of – so each pancake is three and three and a quarter ounces. Okay. So four ounces is half a pound. Okay. Patrick – uh, Bertoletti ate 50 of these in 10 minutes. Oh. That record has been standing since 2012, Curtis. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's way too many. Like pancakes, I like, I can't even eat four. <laughs> from, from IHOP? Yeah, like I'm just like, oh, I'm too full. You know how if you get a Grand Slam breakfast or whatever, so you'll get like eggs and sausages and home fries and stuff, and then you'll get like a couple of pancakes, and I'm I'm always at the end. I'm just sort of like, I don't know if I can, if I eat these, like I'll just be gorging myself. Okay. Wow. I can't can't I can't picture just like even fresh just eating 50, 53 and a half ounce wild eggs pancakes. Well, I guess Wild Eggs must be the name of the establishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the Smokes Poutinery. Yeah. Uh, Silver or, Dollar Pancakes is a different uh, record. It's uh, 113 one-ounce Silver Dollar Pancakes. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, yeah, those are very, very small. Yeah, that's not as but impressive. Because, because a three-and-a-quarter-ounce uh, pancake, that's pretty big, right? Would that, be, would that be considered a flapjack? Would you call that kind of pancake a flapjack? Oh, that's a good question. Is there a difference? I don't know. I don't know, Curtis. But I thought I, I, I always I, in my mind I just picture flapjack to be a more like a like a like a hardier pancake than yeah. your silver dollar variety. Well, I think this Patrick guy is 
into the sweets a bit more. Maybe <laughs> that's, that's, that's maybe because, uh, you know, again, I did lie. I'm, I'm, I lie one more. Patrick here from 2006. Another longstanding record. Yep. Eight. 10.8 pounds of key lime pie in eight minutes. Holy Curtis. crap. That's a, that's less, that's more than a pound a minute. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the humanity. <laughs> well, Larry, if you wanted to like uh, test our metal, there is some um, competitions coming up. So, um, oh, what's the, the next one? September, September 2nd. Okay. Uh, at Orchard Park, New York, so right outside where the Buffalo Bills play, is the Buffalo Buffet Bowl wing eating competition. Oh, let's let's see if I can find the record for that. Chicken wings, long form. Joey Chestnut. See, I, once I see his name, I'm like, "There's no way, Curtis." No, he he ate. A hundred, a hundred and eighty-two chicken wings in thirty minutes. Oh my god! How many chickens died for, for the George Chestnut? There, small town of chickens. Say, uh, the um, the the main event is actually uh, uh, September third. Five thousand dollar total prize purse. I don't know if that's worth it, Curtis. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> Like even if we come dead last, and they say, "Oh, you gotta you don't you know you don't want to not finish. You gotta gotta keep going." Yeah, the Nathan's, as you can imagine, is like that's got a forty thousand dollar purse. Oh yeah, the, that's the, that's the grand that. the granddaddy. And then oh yeah, and then everything else is pretty. It's it's not it's not a lucrative tour. It's not like you're on the PGA tour. There's no Saudi money in. In MLE, hey, don't 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 uh, don't give me any ideas. The Saudis, the Saudis could come in and uh, and buy this league out. I wonder if you Joey know. Chestnut will take a stand on principle. Uh, no, he'll probably win the contest for uh, the Kafka meets. Was it Kafka? Kefta. Kefta? Kafka? Is that, isn't, isn't Kafka like that really dystopian Czech author? Franz, yeah, Franz Kafka. I think so. <laughs> oh, it's getting late. I gotta, I, we gotta shut this down because my brain's shutting down. But and now yeah, I feel like Kefta. Or is that more Mediterranean than Saudi? It'd be, yeah, it's pretty Mediterranean. Kefta skewer is like, yeah, yes, it's pretty Mediterranean. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, I, but I, 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 you know, I, 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 there's probably a record for it somewhere. Well, if if someone's sitting there and can how hold a record drinking 16 pints of mayo let's see you do that with uh, tahini <laughs> right yeah i think I, I think i take the tahini over the mayo yeah i would because it's just it's just be sesame right ground sesame is that what tahini is ground sesame i believe so yeah yeah i was yeah. trying to see if there i was trying to look for any sort of uh trying to see if there was a um a, a, a shawarma record or a uh or like a tabbouleh record shawarma would be well actually no shawarma would be similar to like a taco uh yeah. deal like you, you'd have to make sure that nothing i i think the the logi- it would be a logistical problem of 
you know, how much do you allow to fall out of the shawarma? Oh, yes, that's true. It's got to be like pretty tightly wrapped. Yeah. Do you know where they do? You know who who does a pretty good tightly wrapped shawarma actually is a Paramount. Really? Yeah. Uh, the the chain. Yeah, and I know this because yesterday, um, because of the chaos that was here, um, I had some a little bit of time um, before uh, my train home left Union Station, and so I went down to the Paramount, and I was able to eat comfortably sitting on the train, a sh- chicken shawarma with no mess. Oh, there you go. That's a, if that's not a test. It just takes it. Just that's your first steps, buddy. Just takes one shawarma. Yeah. All right. That's so the, thank you for. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening to Curtis and I. You can catch Curtis and I. Well, when we post an episode, I won't say until we're back on the regular. Maybe back in once September and the colder weather starts, we'll probably be more on the regular. I think. Maybe. Yeah. I'm at the cottage next week, so we'll be next week. <laughs> so uh, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, everywhere you can find your favorite podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, like, leave us a comment. And yeah, wherever you can, maybe you can send us a little note about if there is a difference between being cheap and frugal. Uh, but uh, any case, we'll see you guys soon. Any last words, Curtis? Uh, yeah. I'd just like to say, too many thunderstorms this summer. Too many? Yeah. I'm getting tired of them. And you're wondering who you can complain to? Yes. Maybe maybe, maybe file a grievance like uh, like the Taylor Swift concert, which she still refuses to show up. Actually, did we talk about uh, JT actually tweeting out his grievance to her? No, I don't think we've talked about that. That was pretty... I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, she she doesn't have to to play here. She, she can no. play wherever she wants, and and I don't think that. But but then like, he does that. Probably took him like two seconds to do it. How long does it take to write a tweet saying Taylor yeah. Swift, please play in Canada? Two seconds, and then he's got all these people up his up his ass. Like, oh, doesn't he have other things to be worrying about? Blah, blah, blah. It's like if you're the prime minister, you have to spend the whole like you can't even go to the go to the toilet without thinking like. Oh my God, the economy, you know, like every single, you know, <laughs> like you can take 20 seconds to, I'm not saying he should have done it because it's stupid, but yeah, but he wasn't even the first, the, the first person to, to complain about it was a conservative. Yeah. Who did it kind of jokingly, but yeah. If, if you're going to politicize it, everyone has to maybe turn back the DeLorean time machine dial and remember, I don't know if you remember Curtis, Mel Lastman writing a letter to the Spice Girls, sure or do. specifically Ginger Spice, sh- yep. to get back together. Because didn't they cancel the tour? Because she said she's done, and it, Toronto was part of that tale. No, of I don't think they even canceled it. I think that he just felt like it was going to be a, a like a like a lesser watered-down version of the Spice Girls, and he wanted the full... He, like, wanted, he wanted he wanted he wanted the original the, lineup. He wanted the original lineup. He wanted the original lineup in Toronto, and he wrote the best part about it is I think you can still find the letter online. Is like it's on like his personal letterhead, which has a caricature caricature of him like singing with an umbrella or something like that. It's like got a cartoon caricature of him on the letter that he that that he's written to Ginger Spice. As if she's going to say like, oh, yeah, you know, I can't get along with these. I can't get along with these bitches anymore. But (laughs) 
but the mayor of Toronto well, had, the, had the decency to reach out to me. So I, I feel like, you know, I'm surprised he didn't use like bad boy letterhead. I know <laughs> he's probably, he probably had like a lot of it lying around, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. He used his own letterhead. I, I, I want to see that cartoon again. So I'm going to do a search for that. I, I think so. So, well, Thank you again for listening, and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.